Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. It's good to see you again this week, Brian. I'm Brian as well. <laughs> Likewise, Brian. How you been today? Yeah, it's been good. It's a long time no see. I know, right? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm glad to have you with us today. We're continuing our series uh, of systematic theology. We're talking about the doctrine of redemption and the application of redemption to us today. Uh, so if you haven't been with us, let me get you up to speed. A few weeks back we talked about the doctrine... What's the big word? I'm sorry? So the doctrine of salvation in general, the big word is... Oh, goodness. I, I'm blanking on this one. Soteriology. Soteriology. Oh, come on now, Arnett. You knew that. Soteriology, yes. Um, if you were with us last week, I was firing all cylinders, but uh, I think um, uh, my batteries are uh, in need of recharge for today. Um, but yeah, so soteriology. Uh, a few weeks back, we talked about the doctrine of, of Christ, uh, of Christology. See, there you go, I got that one. Um, and uh, and what his work did for us and, and how it brought us. But but today, instead of looking at it from, from his perspective, we're looking at things from from our perspective, seeing what he did for us, what that means for us uh, then, now, and to come. So that's, that's where we're going today. Uh, but I want to start um, by talking about grace. Grace seems like a good starting point for this uh, subject. Um, so Pastor Brian, I've heard a distinction. Grace, uh, grace, God's grace. Yes, grace that can part and cleanse within. So special grace in that sense, saving grace even, <clears throat> yes. compared with common grace. Can you help me understand what the difference between common grace and, and this special saving grace is? So common grace is that which is common to all humanity. So God has um, has has shed his grace on thee. Mm. And so that, that we, we all have by common grace, we, for example, we have uh, an inner knowledge uh, that God exists. We have mm. uh, we we have a moral compass, um, all of us do, and that's that. That is an issue of common grace. Pancakes. So, pancakes <laughs> is common grace. Um, <laughs> and so, pancakes eaten together with broccoli. Um, so, which is, which is what Brian likes to do. So, never mind the syrup. Let's just put some broccoli on those pancakes. Oh my word! And, uh, and so that's common grace. Uh, special grace or saving grace is the grace that God bestows on those he chooses to save that that enables us then to choose God Mm -hmm. to choose salvation Uh, but because we've because he has bestowed that grace so it's, it's not something we can do in and of ourselves we are um, we are dead in our sins and trespasses, and dead people don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so we can't choose for ourselves salvation. And so God, in His special grace or saving grace, enables us then to to make uh, to choose Christ for salvation. That sounds like election. It does sound like election. It is. It's not like the election we just went through here in no. America. So that's a different type of election. So election. I- I've heard of it. it- Kind of, especially with reform circles, can you? What what does election mean? I mean, I know you you kind of walked us through, but but where does this come from? Is this in our Bibles? What what it comes from the Bible? It does. Well, that's a good, a good starting place. Uh, 
Sounds like a good starting point. I will read a passage about election. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I knew this Bible would one day come in handy. <laughs> I just read it more often. I would... Man. All right. So Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So the word election is not used there, but you notice the language, even as he chose us mm -hmm. in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless for him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Um, and we could go on and on right, right. in that passage. Um, Romans 8 uh, talks about that. John 10 mm -hmm. uh, talks about this. So there, there are a lot of different places we can go to in the Bible that will have this idea of God choosing us, God choosing those whom he chooses to save. Yeah. Um, and so that it is by his grace that this happens. It's not, you know, it's, it's not something then that we in and of ourselves say, well, look at what I've done, but rather look at what God has done for me, that he has saved me. Yeah, continuing to Ephesians 2, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Correct. Absolutely. Um, so this is neither the time nor the place to get into a full-on discussion of election. I do want to be sensitive to those who might struggle with this idea. Um, we do need to be careful. There have been some bad presentations of it in the past, but as uh, one of my old pastors said, look, if, if you want to get rid of election from the Bible, you're going to need a pair of scissors. Um, it's just too... Con consistent in its presentation in the word to do away with entirely um, so appreciate that so well all all, bi all biblically faithful Christians believe in election yeah. all so without exception um, what, where the difference comes is is they say well how does God elect is it because God mm. if you will foresees in us uh, so God if you will looks through the quarter of time ahead and he sees something in us and he says aha based on what they're going to do, I'm choosing them. Um, that's what some believe. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. Um, I believe what the Bible teaches is God says, I choose you, not because I foresee something, but because of grace. Mm -hmm. So if, if it were, I'm choosing you because I see something in you, then it's no longer grace. Right. And then it's something I'm doing. Um, it's not what God is doing. And so it's grace because God chooses me even when I was unlovable. There you go. So. so when God chooses us and bestows grace upon us and brings us from death to life, uh, well, we call that regeneration. We do. Coming to, to, to new life. And at that point, we experience conversion. So all this so far, Pastor Brian, has been God's work on our behalf, either in the Father's electing or in the Son's uh, accomplishing or in the Spirit's applying. Uh, do we have any role in this whatsoever? Um, well, we certainly have a role. So the Bible holds these things in um, intention, if you will, mm. the idea that uh, G.I. Packer calls this an antinomy, yes. uh, which is an apparent contradiction, but it's not a contradiction. It's an antinomy. Um, so in his book, on Sovereignty and Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. And so... The idea that, you know, so on the one hand, God is choosing, God is electing, God is predestining 
individuals toward salvation. But on the other hand, the Bible is also very clear that we make a genuine choice. Mm. So it's not that God, you know, to, you know, God doesn't drag us kicking and screaming into heaven if we did, like, as if we didn't want to go. He's saying, oh, I don't want to go. Well, you're going anyways. You know, it's not that. That's that's a caricature of what election is. Um, we genuinely make a choice. So he works, if you will, in our lives in such a way that when we make that choice uh, to trust in Christ, it's a genuine choice. It's not, it's not a forced choice. It's a genuine choice that we genuinely want to trust in Christ. And so, so yes, um, God does elect us, and yes, we do choose uh, to, to obtain salvation. And so there is a sense in which um, our, in our will where we make that choice for Christ. That's well said. Um, all right, so I want to shift gears a bit. So we've been talking a lot about this this moment of conversion, that God, in his uh, sovereign election of us, he bestows this grace upon us. We're regenerated. We are justified. So this grace that is given to us, um, the sacrifice of Christ is applied to our account. Our sin removed. We are justified. We are uh, made in right standing before God. That's not it. So we don't teach that, you know, oh, well, I got my get-out-of-hell-free card. I, I experienced salvation in that day. Now I, nothing else matters. Far from it. So let, let's talk about that next. So let's talk about uh, two things I want to talk about. Sanctification and adoption. So that's a 25-cent word, sanctification. What does that one mean? Um, sanctification means that it's, well, it's both both a uh, positional meaning it's something that we are and it's mm -hmm. it's also progressive so two p words right <laughs> uh, and so positional meaning god declares us to be holy so to be sanctified is to be holy um it's the same root word where we get um, when we ever see the word saint in the bible so yeah. a saint it's the same same word or to be made holy mm -hmm. is this it's it sanctification is the, is the word that's there yep. and so we are the moment that we trust in Christ we are declared righteous and so we are positionally mm. sanctified so at that point at that point God looks at us and says you are holy uh, not because we're holy in ourselves but because Christ's righteousness is covering our own right. uh, unrighteousness and so so we are holy at that point but then throughout the Christian so you know we get saved at whatever age you get saved at, and oftentimes you live many years, decades even, after you get saved. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening in that process is then um, is progressive sanctification. Mm. Um, and this is why we say that, you know, as a church, that we're here helping people to become more and more like Jesus. Ah. And so um, and this is what Paul, Paul gets at in Romans chapter 8. When he says, you know, for those whom he predestined, he called, and those whom he called, he justified, and those whom he justified, he glorified. Well, actually, the verse right before that, those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his yeah. son. Yeah. And so that idea that we're being conformed is the progressive sanctification. Not progressive in the like political sense, but progressive in the sense that it's, it's an ongoing process. And it's a process that will never end until we actually get to glory. And so... Um, so if you're 12 years old right now and you're going to live to be uh, 92 years old, then you have 80 years of progressive sanctification um, ahead of you. Yeah. And so it's until we get to glory, we are um, 
we, we are always progressively being sanctified. We, we, we've never arrived. Paul says that himself, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that Paul hasn't arrived, and so, um, so nor, nor have we arrived. Yes, uh, and I really appreciate you bringing up the church aspect of this, because as we wanted to get into in the adoption thing, so when we are saved, we are adopted, we're brought into the family of God, we're, we're not brought in alone, we have brothers and sisters in Christ, and so we're called to live out that Christian walk in community with one another as uh, co-heirs with Christ, uh, siblings, brothers and sisters in the faith. And so this is something that is not at all to be seen lone wolf style. Okay, well, Jesus died for my sins personally, and he loves me individually, and so I... He loves I, me more than you. He, just for the record. I don't know about that. He might like you more than me. Um, but uh, beyond... Oh dear. Beyond that, uh, so we need one another. Um, we can uh, help one another. You can see my blind spots. I can help you. And so we are to walk arm and on arm together in this process of sanctification until, as Pastor Brian mentioned, we reach glorification. Uh, we're not yet there. By God's grace, we're not where we were. Um, and so we will get there one day, that is for sure. Goodness, we're just scratching the surface on these things. Um, Pastor Brian, anything on this uh, soteriology that we haven't touched on that you think would be beneficial to, to bring up? Um, no, I think you've okay. done a good job. Cool. Well then, I want to leave you with uh, some verses from Colossians 1. I'll read verses 20 to 22. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Friends, let us praise our great Savior. Let us worship him. Let us continually seek to be more like him in every way until that day when we are brought into his presence, glorified, holy, fully above, above reproach. Thank you for listening. I'm excited to be back with you uh, next week. We're coming to the home stretch of this series, so hang with us, and we'll look forward to next time. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast.